Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle Rubio, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit, from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind-the-scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of, what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is a doctor of physical therapy with experience in every setting of physical therapy from acute care to home health to outpatient. Within the past couple of years, she has focused specifically on chronic pain management and women's health. Her mission is to help women feel good in their body and move freely for long-term health and joy. Please welcome Dr. Cassie Parker. Hello. Hi. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. I was so appreciative when... Sarah Crawford from Anchor Wellness connected the two of us because every year since the start of the podcast, I like to have some sort of pelvic health professional on Mm -hmm. if it's a pelvic floor therapist or just something because I really feel like for any perhaps new listeners or maybe you missed it the last time that I feel like that is really can be the missing link to a lot of women in their health journey. And it's just something within the last couple of years that, I mean, I didn't even have heard the term pelvic floor like four years ago. Yeah. So it's new, you know, Mm -hmm. like people are still just like starting to get talking about. So I'm really happy that you're here. And she also mentioned, she said that you're a person who supports whole body healing and sustainable lifestyle changes. So I know we will have a lot to talk about. Yes. A lot to talk about. Um, Okay. So first off, from Cincinnati, we learned just before we hit record. Mm-hmm. What part of Cincinnati are you from? Um, Westchester. Westchester. Yes. Okay. And then went to Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Why did you get into this field? Um, probably kind of what the normal physical therapist says, right? We were, you know, I was into sports. I played college soccer down at Northern Kentucky. Okay. And um, so I just knew, well, number one, I didn't want to have to dress up for work, uh-huh. wear heels, That's not doing so that. That's so funny that we're basing our career choices off of it's, how we're, how we're going to feel, which I think is actually really important. It'll probably tie into our whole conversation. Exactly. Like yeah. you did not want to feel restricted, restricted, rigid. Yeah. 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 And I didn't want to spend my day you know, sitting in a desk in a chair. Now yeah. I'm like, ooh, if I could sit and sit my coffee like <laughs> everyone else. How about just like two hours like, a day? <laughs> that would be nice, but that's okay. I wanted an active job. So yeah, okay. I also loved healthcare. Um, you know, my mom was a nurse and I just loved the flexibility of it. And I was always interested in that. So that kind of led me down that path. Yeah. And then athletics really kind of topped it off with physical therapy, um, but learned a lot in PT school where, yeah. you know, it's not just all sports yeah, and, yeah. and recovery from injury. So. Right. Mm-hmm. What was your career trajectory that yeah. led you to where you are today? Yeah. So that's very interesting. Yes. Let's hear um, it. And I like how you already introduced that like pelvic floor therapy can kind of be the missing link because mm-hmm. um, it wasn't it a big thing a few years ago. I mean, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old mm-hmm. and I have only been in the like pelvic floor therapy world um, specializing for now almost two years. Uh-huh. Um, but it, after I had my four-year-old that really like dove me deep into trying to understand my body and the changes really? that I went through through pregnancy and things. So that was your first, your first child. That's like what spurred. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so I got very interested in it and I started studying it, but you know, I finally then took, took a course and, um, kind of went more specialized in that route after the birth of my son, who Mm -hmm. he's now two. Yeah. So going through both my pregnancies, I didn't really have a ton of this knowledge base and oh my goodness. You wish you did. I wish I did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, there's, there's a lot of power in knowing those parts of your body and, and kind of how you can optimize your recovery and things. Right. Which I definitely want to get into all of that. Was there something specifically with your pregnancy that you were like, I have to get this figured out? Like, did you experience Mm -hmm. pain you hadn't before or? 
Yeah. So this, and this goes back to the question of the trajectory of yeah. my, um, my career. So I actually came out of school working in a hospital setting. Um, I loved, I was a work on, worked on the weekends only at a hospital. So I was like the main PT there. Mm-hmm. I saw the traumas. I saw the post-surgicals. So I loved going out and being able to use all my new skills. Yeah. Um, that was only sustainable for a little bit. And then I kind of was like, okay, I want more orthopedic outpatient, a little more nine to five schedule. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I was yeah, working yeah. like 24 hours on the weekend with that other job. So. Wow. Yeah. Um, I found my way a little bit more sustainable, kind of how I wanted things to fit in my lifestyle, led me to orthopedics. Meanwhile, I'm dealing with my own chronic pain Uh. and it was very much putting on that like face during the day because I'm supposed to help heal other people's pain. Um, and I'm not supposed to have pain as a physical therapist, oh, right? Because you would be able to fix it if yeah, you could. Like, yeah, yeah. That would make me a bad therapist if I showed my weaknesses, right? And Crazy. so that pain, actually, it got a little bit better. And that pain um, was there from a car accident I had when I was a teenager. Oh. And, you know, just lots of things. Is neck, it back pain? Neck pain, mid-back pain, really. So like Mid- bra strap line pain. That's oh, just like the interesting. most frustrating, annoying pain. Um, when it got bad, it came up to like tension headaches. Does it um, feel like you can't like get relief? I'm trying to absolutely. think like when in my lower back hurts, yes. I feel like I want to round it or if I yeah. lay down, it's okay. But that spot, yep. and it's like, it's like the spot you can't itch nagging. too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I couldn't <laughs> treat myself too. Right, it's no. like, I can't move out of this. Yeah. Um, so that had been lingering through my collegiate soccer career and, you know, into studying hard as a physical therapy student. And then also, you know, as I became a physical therapist. Yeah. So then got pregnant with my daughter. It actually improved my symptoms a tad. Was this, when you Um, say like chronic pain, is this every mm -hmm. single day you are waking up and you feel it? There's not a day that goes by where there's relief. Tension headaches by the end of every single day. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for how yeah. and how for years you dealt for with years. this. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of became normal. You just which, get used to it. Mm-hmm. And you weren't like by it's at a certain point you're like, okay, I can't even like an Advil at like that. None of the no, it yeah. doesn't do anything. Yeah. And plus I did like, that for a little it. bit and I'm like, you know what? I can't do this forever. Yeah. So right. then I was like, you know what? I will just and my routine became like trying to stretch or work it out for like two hours out of the day. Um, then when I became a mom, you don't have that time. I don't have that time. Uh-uh. And my frustration with my pain turned to anger and oh, resentment yeah. toward others around me. Oh yeah. Even like deep ingrained toward my patients that I was yeah. like, you're, you're getting better. You're getting better. You're yeah. getting treatment. Like, and you're now, you're not complaining about such a minor thing. And I'm literally sitting here with like such terrible pain. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That yeah. goes deep. Oh yeah. yeah. It took me a while to figure all of this out too, of right? Course. Like this is not something I'm in the moment and I'm like, this is my response to this. And this is like what's interfering with my relationship and my marriage and how I react to my daughter's reactions. Because when you become a parent, it's like you have to, I was reading something the other day and it's like, you are now in charge of helping regulate another person's system and response to triggers and aggravating factors and like sensory, you know, kids respond to all those different things environmentally and you have to, um, stay calm and composed. And I did not have that capacity to do that. I mean, you truly just have to be able to like regulate your own emotion Mm -hmm. or else how can you expect to regulate your child's emotion, which Mm -hmm. that's really difficult. So moms have such a hard job. It's like really no wonder there are not more moms like going on like killing sprees, like to be honest, like, (laughs) yeah. And, and also, you know, and of course there's like a, this is going into it, but like a dad, mom, different dynamic, right? And so sometimes. we know it as much as we want to say, I I am Ken enough, whatever, whatever. We're all here on the same equal plane. No. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that easy. Um, Men sometimes can't. Women are, are usually the buffer in, like, an emotional situation. Uh, my husband is the most calm and patient person. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when my daughter or, you know, myself even sometimes yeah. shows emotion, right. he has that, like, stonewalling effect, right? right? Like it's, like, hard to meet you it. in your emotional depth. Yeah, it's like, yeah. ooh, I'm going to put up some walls because I don't know if I can handle this. Yeah. So also I, th- I feel like moms jump in there as, like, yeah. the emotional buffer, 
to absorb. They're like the sponge that like absorbs all of the like stress and anxieties and emotions that are going on the, in the household. So yeah, and then add that to chronic pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. would just feel like your like your nervous system would just be like really taxed yes. because your body's dealing with a pain response plus all the added stress of your day to day life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do they have like when you're when you've now started to specialize in chronic pain management? Is there? I, I would Im- maybe imagine is a lot of it mental. Yes, which yes. is really crazy. Which is you know it's not to say like oh pain's all in your brain. Right? No, no, no. But you, it's like right. you have to go to a mental place to even mm-hmm. like be okay with the constant state of pain that you're in. Like your 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 brain has to start finding ways to like operate in response, even though that, that pain response is there. Right. Yeah. You have to control the, you can't react to the pain. You have to have kind of a graded response. Um, and I think probably, you know, the best example is even if you struggle with pain and it's long-term, even when the pain is not there, you're worried about when it's going to come back and if it's going to disrupt your plans later on. And so I, talk to people about being free from pain, that not being like the pain is at zero out of 10, right? It's never going to come back, but it's about not basing your livelihood and your day-to-day activities on your pain, not Mm. letting it have that control. Yeah. Um, And so what I love about, um, you know, how I work with clients is it's them feeling that power over their pain to, I can make it better. I know what makes it worse. And I can choose if I want to do that thing and have fun. And, you know, people come back and they're like, I overdid it. And I'm like, but did you have fun? Yeah. Because it's not about like, being perfect. If, exactly. if this is truly a chronic thing that we're going to deal with your whole life, you can't be expected it, to be perfect. Exactly. It's yeah. going to be an ebb and flow anyway. You yeah. might as well enjoy a little bit of your life yeah. and not restrict, restrict, restrict. Yeah. And so that is... Um, so when I was going through that, it made me step back. And that's when I really... How I approached dealing with my pain is now how I approach clients, mm-hmm. not just from a physical, but a mental and kind of help them make that link. Yeah. You know, when you're anxious, what happens? You might get like, like stomach pains or yeah. like nausea, right? Yeah. You have bodily responses. Your, your palms get sweaty. Yeah. So we have to know that how your body responds, responds to pain and how pain presents in the body is, a, you cannot you know, totally uh, forget about the mental or the emotional side of it. Yeah. So that's crazy. I want to like totally dive in a little bit more. I have some things I want to talk about there, but I want to get back to, okay, so that's what your pregnancy and like dealing with the chronic pain after your pregnancy is what is what Mm -hmm. led you to specialize in this. Then we were like, I want to get this figured out. Yeah. So I then kind of diverted my route to be more, um, chronic pain and dive into that a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So that was after the birth of my daughter. She's four. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a two year process. And then I was like, I want to get pregnant again. And we got pregnant a little sooner than expected. So I was like, okay, cool. Got to figure this out. It's going to be hard, right? (laughs) Definitely scared with the second one. Yeah. Um, But at that time I had more control about over my pain because I did a lot more mental health therapy things Mm, mm -hmm. and I didn't just stretch for two hours and that take up all my time anymore. So I had made those adjustments um, and I was already helping my clients much better at that point. Um, And then after the birth of my son, I realized the consistency with myself and also with my clients is that um, no one really knows what your pelvic floor does. Yeah, The uh, relationship between digestion in the pelvic floor and nutrition and just like overall basic functions of your body. Um, and so I realized I had to explore that mm. because that seemed just like you said, the missing piece yeah. too for a lot of women. And we would get so far, right. And it was like, what is that last little bit that's yeah. missing? And maybe it was digestive issues that was like, you know, adding to their, their, um, abdominal pain that, you know, I've had, I've seen women where they've, um, gotten their gallbladder removed and it didn't help the pain at all, Mm. you know, and they just have that like nagging pain in their belly or whatever it may be kind of more complex symptoms that I couldn't, 
you know, I didn't learn orthopedic wise going through a PT school. And so I was like, I need to dive more in the pelvic floor, how that functions. Obviously at that point knew it was super important for women because I had felt all the changes my body had gone through. Yeah. So I kind of shared that I could, I could share that with my patients too. And, um, they felt it too. And so that's why I was like, okay, I need to dive in here yeah, um, and get this, this missing piece. So I feel a little bit more capable too to provide that holistic care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pelvic floor, and it's really interesting because there's like a connection too with like your mind as in well, the pelvic floor muscles can tighten without us like being aware of it happening or really having like a lot of control to like loosen Right. And that can just be because be like our mind alone. I mm-hmm. think of like women in like stress or trauma and then they have pain during intercourse. Mm-hmm. But the same thing with men, if they are stressed or going through whatever it is, their pelvic floor tightens too. Mm-hmm. And instead of pain and intercourse, it looks like erectile dysfunction. Right. Because you understand yeah. and our listeners understand as well what yeah. that means. <laughs> but... um that's just like a, like, I, I don't know, like that, like connection is mm-hmm. something too, right? Yes. Okay. And I think that that's why I like, you know, dove into the pelvic floor specialty and just took off and felt super confident with it because I already understood the background of that like brain to body connection. Yeah. And I had felt it with my own pain, right? Yeah. Um, and which, you know the pain that I had was kind of similar. We talk, oh, there's a lot of big relationship between the pelvic floor and, and say like jaw. jaw. Yeah. Yes. Um, because we clench and we tighten yeah. and you know, my pain presented in those tension headaches, which were muscles. I did not realize it. I was tensing up all day long. Yeah. You're, you're not aware of it. It's a, it's almost subconscious. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And, um, Oh, it absolutely becomes that because yeah. the the link there too is you think yeah. about the core of your body and you think about your most prized possessions. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and I think men identify this with this a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But like, you are going to protect that area of your body, the womb, your pelvic. Floor, yeah, 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 the yeah. Womb, the, the yeah, you know, the penis, re- yes. whatever. The um, reason why our species can exactly continue on it's a very important part of your body. You're going to yeah. protect it. Um, same thing with you know, with your head and your jaw and, you know, your skull that holds your brain. So that's why there's such a common link between jaw pain, pelvic floor, and like low back and neck pain, right? It's just your protective senses. Your nervous system goes from the top of your, you know, um, spinal cord comes down from the brain, Mm -hmm. goes all the way down to the tailbone. Um, So I have had multiple clients that have tailbone pain and they have jaw pain or tailbone pain and tension headaches. And it's that nervous system. Yeah. I always, you know, to kind of tell my clients is I'm like, it's your nervous system. When you're stressed, anxious, nervous, it is going to respond to that. It's supposed to. Mm -hmm. It's the feelers of your body. It sends out all those feeling your nerves and all the communication um, to not only your muscles, but your organs. And that's where some of the digestive issues come in too with, you know, we see a lot of IBS or swing the other way, constipation. Yes. With women that have pelvic floor issues, um, belly pains, bloating, reflux, things like that, where, um, you know, the pelvic floor is the bottom of that core system. Mm -hmm. And so if things aren't working, you know, above digestively, your pelvic floor is not going to know what to do. It's going to be like on high guard and just tighten up. Yeah. So physically, like what's happening there? Is it that our nervous system is sending some kind of signal of like potentially like we're not safe. There's some sort of like threat. There's some sort of stressor. So it's sending signals to the muscles of your pelvic floor to tighten. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. It it, it can kind of be what we call a top down effect or a bottom up effect. Right. Because, um, where yes, you can hold tension in the pelvic floor as a response to other things that are going on around you. Right. Right. Or it can be, um, your pelvic floor has been disrupted, AKA you've had, you know, carry or been pregnant, had a C-section, had trauma, uh-huh. whatever it is, um, which can either cause tension or 
the opposite of what we say disassociation where your brain kind of stops the, yes. the communication of those muscles. It's, um, yeah, yeah. A, another protective like huge overwhelm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or there's some disruption, yeah. right? So that would be like childbirth or sexual abuse or something like that. Yes. Um, where you just don't have that good input from the brain to the body again. And the, water is kind of murky, right? Mm. Your body doesn't necessarily know. Um, and this is, this is, goes into, we always screen the spine, you know, you're a full body, right? You're not just a pelvic floor. We screen the spine, make sure the nerves are, um, freed up. Nothing's restricted. Look at the hips and make sure that joint, you know, your hip joints are functioning well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's always super important. If you Mm -hmm. ever go to a physical therapist that just kind of makes you lay on the table and is like, let's just check your pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. Probably red flag going to that red Red flag. flag. Yeah. Um, so they should be, you know, looking at your body as a whole and looking about how you use your body every day, which is, you know, who cares if I give you a couple exercises that have nothing to do with what you want to be able to do functionally? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I help, you know, I like to think that I kind of, um, have the tools to help restore that connection Mm. and give a bunch of good input to your pelvic floor. Um, the pelvic floor is linked very much with the lower abdominals. Mm. So, um, over the summer, I saw so many clients, I would like pull their pants down and expose their lower belly. And there was like tan line, right? Pale lower belly (laughs) and Mm. tan upper. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, let that belly out in the sun. Mm. Give it some attention. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like love that part of of the body, which so many women do not. Right. Touch like looking in the mirror at it, all of those things are senses we've been given so that we can help connect, be connected to our body. And so when you cover up and you protect and you guard and you, there's shame associated. You are not sending good vibes to that part of your body. You're not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we know that that's a thing. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Wow. That's something to really think about. Uncross your legs, women. (laughs) Hold, hold, you know, hold a strong stance. Yeah. Hold a strong seated posture, yeah. especially when you're, you know, having tough conversations with your boss or, you know, your best friend or your spouse. This like, is important. Yeah. Be confident. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because of that mind body connection. Yeah. And I know this to be true because when I travel, usually the first day I travel, I can't poop. I'm mm-hmm. a very regular pooper. Yes you know, two times, at at least once a day, two if I'm feeling real good with my gut microbiome. But when I travel, no, it's not happening. Oh, yeah. Because of the stress. And then I can be away and I will be like a half a mile from the house and I have to poop instantly. Like it's like before, it's like as soon as I cross in the threshold of like near my home, (laughs) the one I had been away and stressed, my body knows. Yes. And it's like, okay, we can Your go body now. Your is very smart. It's so <laughs> smart. Yeah. So, yes. okay, we talked about like, so digestive things, stomach thing. What, what are some, what I'm trying to ask or, you know, if people are listening like, hey, I'm experiencing this pain, sensation, symptom. Could it potentially be what we're talking about today? So mm-hmm. what are some common um, issues that women come to you with? Oh yeah. Um, so that's kind of easy to rattle off any, you know, people, women are usually aware at this point with bladder, um, dysfunction, right? Okay. You should be in charge of when pee comes out and keep it in when you don't want it to come out. Right. Um, so, um, healthy, healthy bladder and being able to control that same thing with bowels. Um, you know, constipation, people say, you know, I go every day, but it's also like, do you empty completely? Um, do you strain? Do you have hemorrhoids? Yep. So I see a lot of women that have some straining in hemorrhoids. Um, I would say chronic tension in the, the hips, just in the hips in general and low back. You know, if you go to reach something down, you know, from the floor, do you get low back pain? Do you get pinching in the hips? Um, that's just kind of general pain that can be pelvic floor related, tailbone mm-hmm. pain, pain with sex, mm-hmm. um, insertion or deep penetration. Mm-hmm. Or any gynecological exams or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then digestive issues, you know, they're absolutely constipation. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times bloating and reflux are another two mm. that, because um, you can be restricted up on your diaphragm, mm. which 
basically pushes pushes the acid back up. Um, and that is, it can be muscular restriction. Um, it can be your spine is a little bit stiff and so things aren't moving very well. Yeah. Um, the nerves that I was talking about aren't communicating to the organs very well. So it can be kind of a slew of, of digestive issues. I always use kind of a multidisciplinary approach to that. And we do have, um, you know, nutrition at Anchor Wellness. Mm -hmm. So I'll kind of share that like consultation and kind of um, provide my patients with those resources too um, because it's not, you know, just physical or just nutrition, right? Yeah. It's everything working together. Yeah, we're kind of that whole body Mm -hmm. support, that whole health support. That's what we're talking about. Um, So this is really, I've been so into somatic exercises lately, particularly around like releasing trauma mm-hmm. stored in the hips. And the, I, bought, I have this course for hips, neck, and shoulders and jaw. And awesome. every day there's a new video, a different video from like day one to 30 of exercises that you, you, know, you do. You're supposed to be the most relaxed. You're supposed to wear loose fitting clothing, do them in your bed. Like it should be the Safe laziest mm-hmm. kind of movement that you have. It's hip circles. It's rocking back and forth. It's mm-hmm. just like gentle mobility, some core strengthening, some core awareness exercises. Mm-hmm. And the kind of, you know, purpose is for this like releasing of stored trauma that can happen in the body, particularly in the hips and the jaw, like we're talking about. So mm-hmm. we're, it, it is like very related and interconnected. Yes. Yeah. And, and they will talk about this in, in, in this, it's an account I follow. It's called the workout, Witch underscore, you should check, you should yeah. check it out. But they talk about like physically feeling the release mm-hmm. of stored trauma. Like, have yes. you seen patients experience that or have oh, you? Absolutely. People cry at my table all the time and they're like, I thought this ins- was physical therapy. Insane. <laughs> I'm like, it is kind of, but like, what is that? Like, what yeah. is that? It seems so mystical, but it's like, we are, it's proved this is, yes. it's not, it, yeah. there's something happening there. Well, think about like a very, um, uh, just a very upset baby, uh-huh. right? And to calm them down, we rock them, right? We yes. bounce them. Yes. So a lot of what you're describing is, and what I appreciate when I'm working with clients that I didn't really see and I think is potentially new. Yeah. Um, this is all over my radar lately, like this yeah. new like somatic exercise for yes. trauma release. Yes. Yeah. So we do what's called bilateral, right? You do both sides equally mm-hmm. so that you can feel. Um, the differences and appreciate the differences. It's rhythmic. Mm-hmm. It's within, usually recommended within like a pain-free range, right? Yeah. So you're not going to push into pain. Yeah. Um, and so you're just going to appreciate that pain-free Like range. let it feel good. Exactly. Yeah. Let it feel good. Um, and then I think also what that does too is you're reminding yourself to like tune in to what happens with your body, mm. right? It's mm-hmm. way different than if you were to go and, I always talk about this, uh, structured exercise and unstructured movement. Yeah. Like those are not synonymous. Right. Um, when someone is telling you what to do with your body and telling you how you should feel and the things, the muscles you should activate, that's one thing. And that's a good thing. Yeah. But like you moving your body and like, Oh, like, Oh, my arm wants to do this. And like, Oh, this feels good. And like, this is, that's expression. That's creativity. And that's like where, the freedom of movement really comes. And so if you have 90% of your movement in your day structured, you go to a personal trainer after mm-hmm. work, and they're telling you exactly what to do, what to feel. You should feel it here. And you're like, I kind of feel it here. And they're like, you should feel this here. Mm-hmm. Um, they're telling, what, telling you what to feel. Not that that is wrong, yeah. but it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be your only movement. We need to diversify. We need to di- diversify, yes. So I always recommend my clients, anyone, any age, getting on the floor. I mean, this is my favorite activity to do. Yeah. At the end of the day, when you're watching TV, Mm -hmm. just like, I just like roll around legs up the wall. Exactly. Maybe some movement series. Right. Like, like, like you're not going to the gym and like in a machine. No, that's like guiding your movement. Right. Like trying to let it, I'm just like trying to let it feel good. Totally different. Yes. And, um, you can still push yourself. You can still create strength, you know, things like that, but it's 
creativity and movement and feeling your body and how it wants to move. Mm. You know, we live in a world where like, we're just very, things are dance very Dance would be really good for this. Dance is great. Yeah. Yes. And think about how I you feel, dancing. you know, if you like dancing, how you feel after you've danced for it's a the, bit. It's the best feeling. And it's emotional and it's physical yeah. and it's all of it. Oh God, I love so, dancing. Yes. So yes, somatic, uh, really, uh, you know, somatic therapy is about being able to calm your nervous system. Yeah. Really, and and not only calm, but like control your reactions of your nervous system. So the yeah. body's main objective is to get out of pain. Mm-hmm. And so if you always err, and this is kind of dives into a little bit outside of what you're doing and kind of more into my realm. Yeah. If you're always doing what feels comfortable but it's in a response of avoiding something that was painful my job then is to integrate ways that you can move that maybe used to be painful and you're now avoiding Mm. or you've cut things out of your life that used to be painful and we bring those back in pieces and Mm. make them enjoyable again right? Yeah. Which is the beauty that I love working with moms postpartum. Yeah. Right? They want to get back to exercise and yeah. that's a stress relief for them. Yeah. And I'm like, this doesn't feel good right now. Let's break it down so that it can feel good later and you can still get that positive effect Yeah, and get that, you know, stress relief and you feel strong and your confidence back with yeah. it. Yeah. So. Um, okay. So you, you see a lot of pregnant women. Mm-hmm. What would you say, how can women that want to become pregnant soon or then also are like, what are the best things they can do to support their body for like labor and postpartum? Because that's Mm -hmm. arguably right. Like the most traumatic thing our bodies will have to go through. Yeah. Like, is there any prep or is it just by the hand of God you go (laughs) a little of both, a little of both. Okay. So yeah, we need to be honest. Yeah. yeah, That's motherhood, right? It's like, you can't grasp too far on to like your expectations, make the checklist and like, get it all right. But you certainly have more control than your doctor might, might have you believe. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that power is taken out of the, out of the mom's hands because doctors sometimes use scare tactics. So Mm. if you feel like you're going into your appointments, whether you're trying to get pregnant and maybe you have a pre-existing condition, um, diabetes type one, Mm -hmm. a lot of times doctors are like, you have be careful if you're going to carry this baby and you Mm -hmm. have this or, um, EDS, which is like a hypermobility disorder, right? A lot of women, um, are a little bit scared to get pregnant. Um, and you know, if right now you're listening to this and that is you, you have a pre-existing condition and you're scared to get pregnant and how your body will accept that. You know, I love to guide women through Mm. feeling confident Mm -hmm. and being able to do that because, you know, you sh- if you want to carry a baby, you should be able to carry a baby. And yeah. hopefully, um, you know, um, all of that works well in your favor. Yeah. Yeah. And you're blessed with that. But, um, so that would kind of be like the first okay. step. Like, ad- being able, like advocating, advocating, ask questions. Yeah. You yeah. know, have you seen this before? How can, how can I get people around me to support me? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, when a woman pulls me in, when she's either expecting to get pregnant or already in her pregnancy, I feel like a part of her team and yeah. her support system. Right. That's another realm. We don't have communi- communities like that that women yeah. used to have. I know. That's so um, important, I think. Yes. So I would say the best thing that you can do is be open to receiving help and asking asking for more help. Mm-hmm. If it feel already feels like an anxious topic yeah. or, or if you're already dealing with, you know, aches, pains or things um, coming up through your day. I see a lot of women who are in their second pregnancy that – yeah, are like, I needed some help during my first. Mm. I didn't reach out. It, you know, then they were in pain going into their last weeks and yeah. had a difficult labor. Yeah. So I really love that because they reflected and they're like, I, yeah. I, I feel like I should feel better during yeah. pregnancy, right? Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Okay. So advocating, um, asking for help, asking receiving for help. help. Yeah. And then doing the little things right. Just okay. get your foundation set. Okay. Just any foundation of health. Your foundation of health. What works for you? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, basically what you're going to do, what you're trying to do, it's like preparing for a sport. Yeah. Right? You're optimizing 
all of the functions of your daily life and your body so that you can then overperform because there's going to be an added stress to your life and your mm-hmm. body and um, you're preparing for something big, a big yeah. event. Yeah. Um, so that's where, again, I help women that have, um, you know, or I, I encourage if you have digestive issues to seek help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, try to get those things as solid as you can foundationally yeah. so that that's just going to set you up for success. Yep. That and makes so perfect sense. That's the control that you have. I yes. mean, even if it's reaching out to a mental health therapist and say, I struggle with anxiety. Yeah. We know from research, anxiety increases into motherhood, increases as we age as women. Mm. And that's so it's just lovely, isn't it's it? It's lovely. Like we just can't give us a break. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, and so setting those things up. Um, and a lot of times too, women that struggle potentially with fertility issues, is it's like there's one shift that um, it's that balance because I work with a lot of women with fertility issues mm-hmm. and it's that balance of like I want to be in, be in control and like do everything I can but also you have to let go a little bit yeah right and this works for like all of um, health yeah if you are absolutely getting frustrated and changing every facet of your life to be perfectly healthy, it's not serving you. No, it's not. It's not. I saw some, I saw you posted something somewhere Mm -hmm. where you had said, quit um, beating yourself up about needing to exercise more. Stillness is just as important as movement. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's a message that we can never hear enough times. Right. (laughs) Do you yeah. see women that come in like struggle with that? Like mm-hmm. they feel guilty about resting or they think that they can't take a day off or whatever it is. Yes. You see that a lot. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a lot of, it's um, just like a chronic condition of our culture. It is. <laughs> it is. And I will say, I mean, I, it's, I see this so frequently, um, type A women that like to be in control. Yeah. Um, go, go, go. Don't ever schedule any like, I feel like margin you definitely of error. Have a tight pelvic floor. Right. right. You definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're listening to this now and we've just described yes. you, you have a tight pelvic floor. <laughs> um, yes. And so that's one of the hardest things that like I will ask my patients to do. And I do a lot with breathing, right? That's another like foundational thing. Again, look, let's just uh, talk about this for a moment. Like breathing is so important. We can't hear that message enough. Yes. Is there a specific type of breathing that is really good for us? I know we're going off on a tangent and we're going to get back to that. Yeah, but that's okay. Is um, there? Yes. Okay. So... But I also don't love when people get too nitpicky because again, okay. it's like you can go over the edge, yeah. right? And okay. if you're like critiquing your breathing every single second, it's no, not serving No, that's you. not good. Yeah. So um, how I like to instruct uh, my clients is um, you're just taking it from the upper chest breathing, breathing vertically, like up and down mm-hmm. to breathing out and in mm-hmm. more horizontally. So yep. if you think about... Um, so yes, it's the belly breathing that we kind of always know, all mm-hmm. know. Um, but if you think about your waistline, the skinniest part of your waistline, mm-hmm. um, a proper breath that's going to do all the good things is the ratio to how far you can expand that waistline to then compress it and then mm. like bring it in with the exhale. Yeah. You can Got try it, it now. So yep. your ribs should move. Yeah. 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 Right. So right now after the big push with like belly breathing, I see women come in, their ribs don't move at all and they mm. only have belly breathing. Mm-hmm. Again, I can just see that just to the difference. Yeah. yeah we want to yeah. have a little bit of both. So you yep. should have that rib expansion expansion. Okay. Most of the time I just, I just tell people lay down, put a book on your belly and just watch it rise and fall. Yeah. Um, and oh, that's a really good cue. Yeah. Yeah. And when we say we need to breathe, obviously we can't be laying on the bed all day right. taking these deep breaths. Mm-hmm. So is there a recommended time, number of breaths per day, whenever you can think about it? Like what's the, yeah, what's the best way? Yeah, it definitely shouldn't go into that realm of like stressing you out. Right. Right? Right. So the best way to put it into practice is I usually recommend five minutes at night mm. and try to practice that stillness with it also. Yeah. Again, putting a small weight or your hands just on your belly yeah. and just tuning into that. Yeah. So much yeah. amazing things that come from that. And then you want to start to add it into a response to stressors. Mm. Okay. So the problem is not that we go into that fight or flight. It's the problem we, is we stay there. Yeah. 
So as a response, after you experience an encounter that's stressful or you're stuck in traffic or whatever, and your system kind of feels like irritated, use that breath to bring you down. Whether that's 10 breaths, you know, two minutes, whatever. Is that training that we're training the body? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so you you definitely want to do that in a response too. If you only like step away when you're already like sitting at your desk and you're, you're good and you just like pull back and do some breaths. That's mm-hmm. fine and dandy, but it's connecting that response so that again, we have more of a graded response and not such a reaction to stress because the reaction to stress is when we encounter a stressful situation, say traffic on your drive home from work. And then you walk in and like the household's a mess and like things are crazy. Yeah. You're going to then push that onto your spouse yeah. or your it's gonna kids build, build, and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So that's where it's worth <clears> like <throat> taking a second in the car, taking some deep breaths and then like, okay, ending that, ending that stressor. Okay. Like, close the Complete the, the cycle. Complete, complete the cycle. the stress cycle. And then go on with your life. Yes. Mm-hmm. I have read this too from numerous sources that I've been into lately that just as you said, it's mm-hmm. not the problem that we're entering the str- that something is the trigger or mm-hmm. something is stressful to us. It's that then it's never, the loop's never closed. Yeah. So you're living in this unclosed stress cycle. Right. Just right. like probably exhausting your body is how I imagine Absolutely. it. You know, like that, that's how I picture it. It's very exhausting f- for your body. Some yeah. people also call it like a tunnel where you're like digging through and you have to come out the other side or else you're going to be stuck in that tunnel. That's mm. what we refer to like anxiety, depression a lot of the times. So. Oh my God. Yes. Um, I just got that image and that yeah, felt horrible. I know. It feels I do so not want to be stuck in a tunnel. Yeah. And you know, same thing with emotions, right? If you feel like you want to cry and then you aren't able to cry in that scenario like freaking go home and cry I know let it out the problem with me is like that will happen but then like I can't get it going again watch a sad movie sometimes just watch a sad yeah you're right it's it's It's, a lot of times to be intentional about it though my god it's an emotional outlet but like when you get very when you get good at it um I would say I'm better at it than it used to be I and a lot of times it's still reflective but I can be like I had this response and I did not deal with this well because I never really like fully came out of Mm -hmm. XYZ stressful situation. Right. And so sometimes, I mean, sometimes my husband knows and I'm just like, I just need to cry. Like I'll be back. And think of the release that you get. No, that's great. That sounds amazing. I wish I could do that. What will happen is if I'll start, I will feel the burning in my nose and I will like have the tears in my eyes, Mm -hmm. but then like it doesn't come. Yeah. It's just like the initial part. And I'm like, okay, here it is. No. Well, then you can be like Grey's Anatomy and like dance it out. Okay. Just something. Also, uh, yeah. Adrenaline in our system is that feeds that fight or flight. Yeah. So sometimes, and this is really, um, I talked to I talk to people about this is if say like you have a you have a um fight with your spouse or something yep and like you're revved up yep right call it like quits go in separate rooms for five minutes and like squats get your heart rate up burn yeah. out all that adrenaline and then come back to it yeah because that's also completing and getting that adrenaline out of your system and then you're naturally after that high gonna come back down and be a little bit more calm yeah um, yeah so sometimes it's just adrenaline pumping through your system. Yeah. Well, I wonder then the impact of if you're in this kind of incomplete stress cycle and we know adrenaline like feeds that, like mm-hmm. the constant high intensity workouts Yes. or like the studios that you go in and they're bright lights and loud music and like you are running from one thing to the next. Like mm-hmm. I have done a lot of those workouts I have a lot of years of my life spent doing those workouts right once I took a break and then I went back to one recently I was in Charlotte actually and it's great it's so much fun for sure it's Mm -hmm. like a fun environment it's it's challenging but I left and I was like completely jacked up yeah like insane like I had just had like five coffees kind of like jacked like to a point where like this isn't good for me like I went too, I went too deep. I went too hard. Yeah. 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 And it's, um, you know, there's different phases of our life. Absolutely. Right? And different stressors. Absolutely. And so there, there, there is good stress and bad stress, but even if you have like, say you're like 
planning your wedding, right? And like, oh, that's good stress, right? Like it's fun stuff. Yeah. But if you add on even too much, if you overfill your plate with anything, you're going to feel the negative effects of it. And so, you know, if there's anyone out there that is like, this is the perfect exercise in class and you should always do this and nothing else. There's no, that's not a thing, right? It's going to, it should ebb and flow with your, with your different phases of your life, which again, I encounter a lot with pregnancy, postpartum and like wanting to get back those pieces of you, but they don't really fit anymore. Yes. Yes. Um, and so I think just the awareness, right. It comes back to like, actually spending time with yourself stillness mm-hmm. and like you stillness. did you had the ability to reflect and be like oh I don't know if I love this feeling yeah like, maybe I can do it once or twice a month but like yeah not once or twice a week anymore no right? no definitely not yeah definitely not yeah. um okay wait I think that kind of brings us back to our point before we got on the tangent we were talking stillness. about um stillness yeah. yeah yeah and women having a hard time mm-hmm. just taking yeah. a break taking a rest mm-hmm and and certainly maybe you can get to a point where you're like, yep, I know that I need a day to recover. And like I, I will give myself that. But it's not holding recovery and mo- or stillness and movement with the same weight. It's like yeah. that thought of like, I know I have to do this thing, so I'm mm-hmm. going to do it yeah. so I can just continue to move more. But like I think that right. the scales are not, are not even in that. And right. that thought alone is probably... Mm-hmm. impacting our bodies right and and also you might practice quote-unquote stillness but is your brain still running and being caught up with all the things like what are the things we right? have to do yeah that's oh, not that's so hard and so if you can't and this is what I talk to my women with with tension in their pelvic floor right because they might be able to lie still there for three minutes or five minutes it's still probably pretty difficult for them um, they just need to put on Love Island, I honestly. <laughs> Turn on an episode of Love Island, <laughs> and girlies. Sink into and the just bed. <laughs> sink into the bed, into the couch. Yes. That's it. Yes. Be still. Exactly. I'm um, guarantee you your brain's not working right. when you're watching that show. <laughs> That's very true. Yeah. Good point. I'll recommend that now. Yeah. Part of the protocol. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah, if your brain's running, your your body interprets all of these things kind like of the same. You can't fool it. Right? You you're, can't fool it. Yeah. You can be, that's where people, you know, you sit at a desk and you work all day and you're like, man, I'm tired. Yeah. Like my body is tired and my brain's tired. Or like you, driving in a car. Yeah. You, and when you get there, you're like, yeah. oh my God. It's because your brain still was doing all the work. Yeah. So that's where, again, I always tell my clients, I'm like, okay, when you're relaxing, let's truly relax. let's not just relax and be on our phones or whatever. Sometimes you need that distraction technique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But not even that, but actually what you can do, what I usually recommend is to get out of your own head is you can do like a body scan, right? Oh yeah. Where you can intentionally tell your toes to relax, your ankles, knees, hips. So it's nidra yoga as well is another Mm -hmm. name for it. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And you can do it as quick as you want, or you can spend as long as you want, um, doing it. And because when you have, when you carry tension in your pelvic floor, your hips, your jaw, you will absolutely consciously have to tell those muscles to relax. Mm. I mean, some of the teaching that I do with women is just like the resting position for your jaw. Cause they're like, what do I do with it? Right. Like, how, how, how do, do how I do not I, clench? Yeah. Right? right. Or how do I not hold tension? Yeah. And I have to teach them the relaxation. Um, piece of your jaw so if you're wondering it's at the roof of your mouth your tongue at the roof of your mouth just behind your front teeth and then your lips and your teeth should not be touching and just relax yeah so that's an open jaw and that's relaxed yeah you you kind of feel like you look like a sloth or something it's hard to get there but yeah it does feel nice yeah so learning and sometimes this is like one to two visits with clients and they're like I got it and I just teach them a body scan and how to actually relax those muscles yeah um breathing on the inhale is really when you're relaxing the pelvic floor Mm. which that's the whole thing if you're not breathing really optimally you're not going to get that benefit of it yeah um and so that's that's really the key with stillness is to like actually be still and reduce muscle guarding and tension um so that your body can um release right (laughs) release the built-up 
emotions or whatever's trapped yeah, in whatever there, right? Sto- whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, whatever, whatever's stuck. Whatever's stuck. Yeah, there's um, an app called Insight Timer, which I talk all mm-hmm. the time about on this podcast. Mm-hmm. I use it for meditation, but they have a lot of guided... Um, they call it like yoga nidra, like mm-hmm. relaxation technique where you start yeah. and you relax. Yeah. And it's great. There's like yeah. tons of resources there. So if people are thinking like, I don't know what that looks like, mm-hmm. you can check out that too. We were talking about sinking into the bed jokingly, but yeah. that's another one I use. Like my legs are heavy. My arms are heavy. Yeah. I can't move my arms. Right. And that's kind of, that's almost going into hypnosis. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Where they use that. And then yeah, that's also another, another thing I'm very interested in. Yeah. That's cool. Um, they, I think the yoga nidra too, like it, it, the content that they have on insight timer, it starts with this, like relax, you know, you go through like a body scan, you're relaxing mm-hmm. and it's for sleep. It's for like to put people to sleep. Right. And, then it's like it they just start like saying these like strings of words but like you're not you're like in and out of consciousness yeah. like you're not fully asleep but you're not fully awake right and they said this has been really good for the brain to like relax and like that like middle ground state oh, yeah. if you're in that hypnotic state yeah yeah so the, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so they're just like speak like absolutely you don't even you better realize. be careful what they're telling you they might be <laughs> it's like sand on a beach like okay, shells good. on a it's like it's like nature imagery they're not trying to hypnotize you i don't think insight timer app is trying to hypnotize me but if it was any other app it definitely could happen they could tell you what to do my (laughs) mom was hypnotized to quit smoking Mm -hmm. 15 years so she smoked from like when she was young to you know as a middle adult yeah and she got hypnotized and has never touched a cigarette again Mm -hmm. yeah it's i just had a client tell me the same story it's crazy sister yeah yeah but I don't know. But then my grandma also got hypnotized and it didn't work on didn't her. Work. So I also think it's like your openness to it, right? If yeah. You, if you don't let them like yeah. get into your brain get at that in state. There. <laughs> I would totally be open to be hypnotized. If you're going to yeah. like tell me to like make it positive. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, absolutely. You I know. love to meditate. You can't go a day without meditation and they mm-hmm. hypnotize me for that. Absolutely. That'd be great. Why aren't we all doing that? <laughs> Wait, why? Yeah, we... with your friends, you're like, sorry, I Wait. have to get my meditation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cannot go I to cannot. the Bengals game this weekend. <laughs> I have to meditate. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, I want to shift gears a little bit and hear about some of the ways that you like to take care of yourself mm-hmm. and what you need to do, do to show up as your optimal self. Yes. Yes. Um, well, of course, I could always do better. But Every, yeah, everyone could do better. I shouldn't start with well, that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get hypnotized. Um, so it's okay. We'll get, it'll yeah. cure everything. Yeah. Um, I do a very consistent, um, five minute movement in the morning yeah. routine, okay. right? On that your own? Not on, on my own. What do we call this? Spontaneous, um, spontaneous play movement? Yes. yes. Yeah. Unstructured. Unstructured. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And, um, I'm fairly consistent with it because then my body knows what to expect when I wake up in the morning. And so I do yep. that. Um, I often use that technique where entering a stressful situation and I can kind of calm myself down. That's like, that's just a good indicator in my life of the more you practice it, the quicker it'll work Mm. too. And so it only takes me, you know, a few breaths to kind of calm my system. Um, in the morning I do nasal breathing. I don't know the exact name for it but you, do you walk, hold yes, one yes, and then in yeah. through the left out through the right out yeah in through the right out through the left and what do they say what, what's that good for I've heard a lot of people talk about um, this it's you know I don't I don't necessarily know all of the ins and outs of yeah. it um but it's good for like calmness cycle yeah, yeah yeah it's like and to calm your calm, calm. your system yeah yes um and for me, it's also a good check. Like, Ooh, where am I congested here? Yeah. And like also cue nasal breathing because I find in the morning, um, because you know, I've got a two and a four year old, I'm usually not like calmly awakened mm. by like the sound of birds yes. outside my window. Right. right. It's more of like mama. Yeah. 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 Um, and so You're jumping I, up. yes, <laughs> yes. Which I do not do well with alarms or anything like that. I actually have a wake up light that goes really early. So I'm at least come to a little bit before I hear mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and 
So my normal like reaction of my body is to go into that like mouth breathing and chest breathing and really shallow breathing. Mm -hmm. So I'd use that to cue. I usually do child's pose for an extended time, Mm. um, at least a couple minutes. Um, and then I'll go to like a Cobra back and forth. Mm -hmm. I have, I have my, my, it only takes me five minutes. I yeah. can go faster if I need to. Yeah, yeah, too, yeah. Right? right. That's the thing is if you get in a quick little routine, you can make it as easy or as long as you want. Sure. Absolutely. Um, I usually do some gratitude, some prayer mm. as I'm doing that because yeah. my body can tune out and my brain can do that. Yeah. And then I'll do my breathing and then I um, do hot lemon water in the morning. Love that. So, and why do you do hot lemon water? Uh, digestive health. Digestive. Yes. Get, to get things moving now that you're awake. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. also, again, my body expects it. It's on a routine. And so it's just yeah. when I travel, all of that stuff keeps me regular. Yeah. And it's just, it like, it's, it's a grounding effect for me. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I love that. So I have a pretty solid routine there. My kids know. My husband knows. I love that. Which you have to involve your family members. Yeah. This is my time. It's important. Yeah. It's important. You can have um, your routines too and I'll support you right. in those. Yeah. And half the time they're crawling on me or doing yes. it next oh, yeah. to right. me, right? And yeah. it's, it's fine. It's fun. But that's also just teaches them too at such a young age. Mm-hmm. That's great. Example yeah. to have. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't schedule much... Um, white space in my calendar throughout the day so I go pretty hard throughout the day mm-hmm. um I do usually do intermittent fasting uh-huh. um, so I try to fast until noon okay um like 8 p.m following to uh-huh. noon have you heard at all about fasting in accordance with your menstrual cycle I have but I haven't that's gotten I'm, so fine-tuned yet that's what I'm doing yeah it's really wild it's yeah. really wild how your body just like on days like the first half day, one through 10, you can do any type of fasting, any amount of hours. Mm, you can do 24 mm-hmm. fast, 24 hour fast if you want to. Like, right. it's all good. And those are the times when I'll do like 18, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it feels good. Your body is. It feels like, good. It right. does not, like, there's no it doesn't resistance. Feel like restriction. No, it mm-hmm. doesn't feel like restriction. Yeah. It feels like exactly. How I should how I should be eating? Like it's no problem. I'm not th- I'm not thinking about food. It's mm-hmm. not even on my mind. Right. And then the ten days before you start your period, they mm-hmm. say like no more than a thirteen hour. Like okay. your body's like it's about it's getting ready. It needs you know three hundred extra calories a day. It's just like no fasting at that point. Mm-hmm. And I can tell I'm more incident ins, insulin sensitive. I can't go longer period. Like to think of doing a 20 hour fast in that window of time for me, like mm-hmm. I am, I, my body is like, who we need to eat. Yeah. Like it's like ready to go. Interesting. It's really interesting. I'll interesting. give you, I'll give you an account to follow of this woman who wrote a book called fast like a girl. Okay. And she has like all of her research. Yeah. There's like a bunch of podcasts too. So anyways, yeah. I'll hook you up. That's great. It's that's cool. great. I, I, you know, my cycle actually, you're catching me. I, I'm ovulating today. So. Oh yeah, that's I good. Like, Ooh, I feel Vocal, like. Vocal, energetic, communicative. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun. I'm like all about the fucking periods, yes. man. Just. I know. I know. I love it. Again, we're different from men. Like, yeah. We need to appreciate no, we are. that and, and support yeah. ourselves. Totally. So yes. Totally. Did you know your anxiety increases yeah. after ovulation to your time of period? Yeah. So, yep. Um, but we got that progesterone coming in that should have yeah. the natural calming effect, yeah. but our world doesn't just, really allow well, for that. No, it doesn't. <laughs> you need a little extra boost of something. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. So you're, you got your routines, your mm-hmm. morning routines. Pretty solid morning routine. Yeah. The day's kind of gray and you know, you're I, working. I go. Yeah. Right? You're working. And I'm like very present for my clients. Yeah. Almost to a fault. Um, and then, so I get home and I get back on the floor yeah. and I do my, my stretches, um, a little bit different than the morning, but pretty much the same. My kids know again, usually yeah. I end up in the back on my back and I have my legs in the air and I'm flying them around like yeah. airplanes. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Um, and so those are like non-negotiables mm-hmm. for me. Obviously I'm a very physical person. Yeah. But I only do it for five minutes. I don't lay there on the floor and stretch for 30 minutes, an hour or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then usually it's, you know, dinner time and then try to try to do a little bit of walking yeah. after yeah. after dinner, something, act, you know, active or just mm-hmm. running around my house with my kids, totally. dancing, yeah. whatever. We usually um, have music on yeah. after dinner, cleaning up. And so we end up dancing around and just Love kind that. of keeping it light. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so, so. fun. Um, okay, Cass, we've arrived to the big question mm-hmm. of the podcast. What does being fit mean to you? Mm. 
I would say it is keeping your the capacity of your body physically and mentally to handle the the things that you want to be able to do throughout the day. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't really have to get more complex than that. No. Yeah. Um, you can handle you know, the things that come at you during the day. Exactly. And Complete so those stress cycles. Yes. Truly, that's probably what being fit is, honestly, if we're really honestly. breaking it down. <laughs> so that's where you can be very like, like black and white at it, really. Yeah. Like, okay, am I stressing over this, like cutting XYZ out of my diet? Because if I'm stressing over it more than like enjoying the creativity of cooking different meals, then it's not really serving me. No. Um, and also you got to look at the after effects right? Because do you do movement because of how you feel after, or do you feel crappy actually after you do that Mm. movement? Right. So is it actually, you know, that's my big thing is like, is this really serving me? Yep. Um, my going out the high intensity exercise that did not serve me serve you in the serve my ego in the moment. Exactly. That's what it served. Yes. But it did not serve my physical body. Yeah. Yeah. Feeding the ego really doesn't come back to you in the long run. Um, so that goes for everything and, you know, um, uh, comparing our, ourselves to other people is a huge thing in our society. <sighs> so it, is it serving me to be jealous and maybe pick at, be nitpicky for someone, um, around me because I'm jealous of them? Yeah. No, it's pro- what will actually serve me is to give out good vibes to them and it'll come back yeah. to me in the end. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that's kind of how I have come to approach decisions in my life. Um, surround myself with the people that I want to be surrounded with. Yeah. And it, it is like a constant, you know, we went out with these friends, you know, did that is, are those the people I still want to surround myself with? Yeah. How, do, how does my energy feel after I leave that? Exactly. Group or leave that person? Exactly. Yeah. And so do the best, you know, that I can to kind of structure my life around what allows me to, um, to feel good. And some of it might sound selfish, um, but again, my family knows that if yeah. <laughs> my husband definitely knows and he'll say, just go out with your girlfriends. Yeah. Like just go. Yeah. I'm like, Take you're time. right. I'm being a little uptight and I yeah. need some fun in my life. Yeah. You need and to have fun. So it's, it's also sharing. But that's communication it's on your communication. part. Absolutely. Because he knows where you're coming from. He knows your need. You've talked yes. about it. You understand you're in partnership. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And me modeling this behavior, he's getting better at doing yeah. the things for himself too. Yeah. Which is really nice because men also don't have a great, no, like, don't have great self-care practices. No, I, at I all. think that they're at this point, there's been such an enforcement for women to take care of themselves mm-hmm. that we're getting better. We're moving the needle. We're having yeah. conversations. Mm-hmm. There's this not happening for men. Not at all. Yeah. And I, it makes, it's, it's so counterproductive to me because women we're doing so much to make ourselves better and mm-hmm. we're putting so much you know love and support into ourselves into our communities but then like the in heterosexual partnerships mm-hmm. the other half of the partnership of your life that directly impacts a lot of your life is not getting like the care and attention that they need right so it's yes. like the again the the it's just off balance. Yeah, and, and you can't to... you can't pull them around. Women, we're so resourceful, and so if I have a resource and I share it with my husband, it's like in one ear out the other. You send him a podcast. You send him an Instagram it post. Doesn't... You send him an article. You, s- you know what I mean? It like you work. can lead a horse to water. <laughs> yeah, but you cannot make them drink. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. So, I think they need support yeah. and uh, of other men. Of, yeah, absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. That, hey, you're yeah. not the only one struggling with this. You're not the only one that needs to, to go w- run around with your guy friends or work out mm-hmm. with, you know, like this right. is just like a basic human need. We all, right. we all need it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So self-care looks different in different phases of my life. For so sure. it's like hard to come by. So that's why I just kind of stick to the basics. I love your basics. Yeah. That's good. It's one of my favorite routines I've heard in a long time. Where can women get a hold of you if they mm-hmm. want to work with you or learn more about working with you. Let's talk about that, that yeah. kind of detail stuff. Um, well, I'm at Wave Physical Therapy, which is within Anchor Wellness Center. Mm-hmm. And um, that's a great place. I'm there. We have a Kenwood location and Evendale location. Yes, they just opened so, the Evendale location. It's, really, it's cool. really cool. Lots of big space. The Kenwood location. I've been to the Kenwood location. Mm-hmm. I've gotten a massage there. It's beautiful. It's great. Mm-hmm. Great care. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I love the different vibes. Yeah. At both our locations. Yeah. And we're doing a lot of community events too, which we just did our empowered uh, empowered women community event, which was great. 
Um, Love that. Yes. Love that. So you'll find me there most often. Um, and I have my Instagram account is C Parker underscore DPT. Mm-hmm. So I put mm-hmm. a lot of information out there. Yep. Good content um, there. Yeah. So yep. that's. So that's Anchor Wellness is probably the best way for them to find you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yep. Amazing. Or follow me on Instagram and, you know, touch base with me there. I always love questions and I'll answer them and kind of, um, especially if, you know, you're not local to come in person to Anchor. I've got a wide network mm, of pelvic yeah. um, floor therapists that, you know, I can kind of guide women in, in the right direction there too. Yeah. So that's amazing. Thank you so much. I feel like of I course. learned a ton. This has been such a great episode. I really appreciate yeah. you. Um, listeners, thank you so much for listening. I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Chrissy Gurley, K-R-I-S-S-Y-G-I-R-L-I-E and at What The Fit Podcast. If you're loving What The Fit, please help spread the word. Send it to a friend, share it to your story. And if you are looking for even more exclusive content, become a Patreon member. You can find it at patreon.com slash whatthefitpodcast. Love ya.